Good morning, everyone. And I want to remind everyone that uh, when our Lord used, uh, in the scriptures we see father, the word father, uh, but uh, the translation that our Lord would have used would have been Abba. Uh, that is closer to Papa, uh, Daddy. So uh, when we go back and reread that and say, um, Papa, I give you, I praise you for what you have done. <clears throat> and uh, while uh, in the Old Testament, uh, loosely this was used, Jesus changed that. And uh, we should always remember how we approach uh, the Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus says, call him Father. And so when we see this, immediately, if you approach God this way, immediately, the burden is lifted. Remember the burdens uh, that uh, the law is put upon the people um, by the Pharisees and scribes. Immediate, right there alone, his words are true. Amen. My friends, our first reading um, gives a picture of a king who comes humbly uh, to Zion riding on a donkey. And uh, that king is a messenger of peace. And... Um, this prophecy was fulfilled on Palm Sunday uh, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a colt. He was unarmed. He was defenseless. And though Jesus uh, was hailed as a king, he came with no weapons and no army. And yet he was not weak. He was strong. He had power over something that we all would understand. He had power over the human heart. As he showed when he changed the hearts of the people like Mary Magdalene, he changed the heart of Zacchaeus, changed the heart of the lepers. Many rulers and kings in past times would make people tremble in fear before them. And in that fear could man manipulate them but they could not change the hearts of those people. Jesus says in the scriptures, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Humility and gentleness are not very well accepted uh, in our world today. <laughs> Just watch the news. <laughs> you guys already know this. Gentleness. There is a belief that if you want to get ahead in life, you have to be rough and hard um, because if you are gentle, people will walk all over you. Mm, you've heard that lately in the news, haven't you? Gentleness tends to be equated with weakness. Gentleness is not a form of weakness. It is a form of strength. By gentle, we do not mean uh, a timid or a passive uh, person. It takes a strong, self-confident person to be gentle. Gentleness is one of the great virtues uh, in our lives, really, and certainly for the Christian. Think of the gentleness required in the hands of a mother. Such great love. Even when the kids are sassing. You don't sass mom and dad, do you? 
No, especially not on your first Holy Communion today. <laughs> right? See, Father speaks the truth most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> A gentle person treads lightly, listens carefully, looks tenderly and touches with reverence. <laughs> I didn't make that up. That was Henry Newman who made that up. Then there is power. The lust for power is rooted in weakness rather than strength. Only the weak measure their worth by the number of people that they can dominate or manipulate. There was no harshness in Jesus. His approach was very gentle. He did not force himself upon people. He did not try to manipulate them or dominate them. But through love, through peace, he attempted to influence their heart to see a truth. What is that truth? That God is Father. And to approach him as Father. The people with the greatest influence have no need to manipulate those that they are trying to influence. In humility, in today's competitive world, uh, you are told to be aggressive and impose yourself if you want to go places. Humility is seen also as weakness. Humility is not a form of weakness. It too is a form of strength. Humility is a foundation uh, upon which uh, much wisdom is given and uh, in which we build um, a spiritual house that is strong for us Christians. Humility does not involve self-deprecation. Humility is the grateful recognition of our goodness, of the holiness and giftedness that comes from the Father. Acknowledging also that all of this is gift from the Father. To the gentle and humble, Jesus promises peace. It is because we know so little about being gentle with one another that we have so much trouble in society, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our world. Many want to dominate and manipulate others. Arrogant and self-righteous people uh, do not bring peace to anyone. Nor can they make peace. They spread confusion, unrest, disunity by projecting onto others their own anger and frustrations. Humble people bring calm and can bring out the best in others. Those who are proud and insensitive in word and action make life burdensome for themselves, and they will do this for those that are around them. The gentle and humble of heart make life less burdensome for themselves and for others. One of our saints will find peace near you. When we follow Christ's example of humbleness and meekness, it allows challenges, but just the opposite. Even when uh, yoke uh, has many meanings in the scriptures, yoke meant the law in Old Testament, and uh, uh, yoke also is something that you put on an animal to help them to do their job without causing them harm. 
initially when I would look at it, I would think, oh, that's terrible that the beast has to have that. But some point out, no, 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 that helps them. It uh, helps it protect them, helps them to do, uh, the beast of burden, their job, if you will, their work. Uh, and it's fitted particularly for them. Uh, so how clever is Jesus when he says, accept my yoke? You see what he's saying? My yoke is specifically fitted for you. That you may be who you are supposed to be and do what you are supposed to do. But also, uh, yoke uh, also meant wisdom. So when we hear Jesus say, take my yoke upon you, take my wisdom upon you. And that is found in uh, Sirach 51.26 where uh, it's referred to, the yoke is referred to as, uh, they always use it in the feminine form, but it's used as um, uh, a reference to wisdom, to take wisdom upon. And Jesus tells his disciples that he himself is the yoke. And he's meek and humble of heart. The rest, he promises, comes from emulating his ways, and his attitudes, his dispositions, and his general way of being in the world. Last night at the 530 Mass, I told folks, if all of us would do this, there would be such great change. But even more so, if our world leaders would come to understand Jesus, even if you are not a follower and believer of him, would you, if you would look at his ways, you would see the wisdom. You would see the greatness. We're Christians. He's our Lord and Savior. But there are many who don't know and don't understand. That's why I say, well, even if they would look and emulate his ways, such peace would come. All the anxieties, most of them, about war and about taking. I know those are all complicated things. I'm not a politician. Thank God. But it is a complicated thing, isn't it? The disciple of Jesus is yoked to him, and the disciple finds this to be lightness in his way of being, or her way of being, if you will. The yoke is not a burden, something, or something that's overbearing. When we are followers of Jesus, when we invite his attitudes, our lives will not be burdened, but filled with joy, a Christian joy, and a peace that he told us in the scriptures, I will give you that the world will never be able to give you. Bearing a yoke would not seem to be an enjoyable experience, as I said when I, I saw animals this way, but Jesus gives us the image in today's gospel reading uh, and nearly subverts it. And uh, the yoke of Jesus, the one who is meek and humble of heart, is itself easy. The burden is light. It seems to be Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. Um, in today's gospel, we learn that when uh, we are true disciples of Christ, uh, we conform to the very person of Christ. We try to imitate him, if you will. And so conform, we find any burden not to be a burden at all. And uh, to live the Paschal mystery with Christ uh, is to live with the knowledge that we are his. We belong to him. And he has already won the victory for us. And hence, um, our second reading, uh, St. Paul speaks about the spirit, and the spirit that rose uh, Christ from the dead. Um, and all those who are with Christ, uh, the spirit will raise them also to new life. 
And uh, we already know this in baptism when we hear Jesus say, you must be reborn of water and the Spirit. Uh, this is what he's referring to. This is what St. Paul is talking about. Well, my friends, that same Spirit, yes, will raise so those who have lost someone know and believe. The very Spirit that rose Christ from the dead rises the world. That very same Spirit has the power to raise now people out of despair, people out of hopelessness, people into peace, into joy, into laughter, even in the midst of crazy times, such as ours, crazy times. Kind of nutty. <laughs> but in the midst of all that, we, we have two young ones who will make the first Holy Communion. Yay! Now, it's going to be a little bit different than normal because you have to do it after Mass, right? Yeah. Well, that's okay. It's the body of Christ. Nonetheless, you will receive full grace from it. And uh, people are still getting married. Our couple will be married next weekend. Yay! Go and make many children. <laughs> Christian children. <laughs> Let them grow up to be presidents and leaders of worlds <laughs> to bring peace, huh? My friends, uh, um, so much anxiety, so much worry. If we just look to Jesus, his ways, embody that, how things would change. How things would change. Mm -hmm.